Wow, guys. What's up? Um, it's been a while since we've done um, Around the Big D podcast. Um, we've done Big D podcasts. I had my recent one with football with my boy Alex Ederson. But I think it's time to go around the Big D again as is, this is probably one of the best months of sports you can call. Um, you have October that just started. Spooky season. We got postseason baseball. Who doesn't love that? I mean, you would wish it was the Texas Rangers, which that's going to be our first topic we're going to be talking about today. But it's not the Texas Rangers. But still some good baseball to be watched. Um, basketball starts. NFL is in full swing. Um, if you want to bring MLS into this, it's decision day. It's playoffs. Gotta love it. So yeah, let's um, let's get it going around the Big D boys. Episode 5 in this young season. And we're going to start with the Texas Rangers as their season has just come to an end. And um, what can we talk about? I don't even know what to talk about, man. This is, well, I wasn't expecting big things. I think I obviously had really high expectations for the Texas Rangers. And that's my fault. That's really all my fault. Um, My boy, uh, Caleb Leva. Has been bragging to me how he said I think he had predicted us to get 70 wins, and he wasn't that off. We had a 68-94 record, but a bunch of those games were one-run games, and we had like a historical marker in loss in one-run games. It was ridiculous. If we at least win half of those games, we're like I think like 80 wins, 80 something wins, closer to 500. But that's something, obviously, we need to work on. But, I mean, let's get to the good stuff. Um, positive stuff. My MVP for this year, I think, hands down, has to be Nathaniel Lowe. Had a, an amazing season, career-high season in almost everything. He had a career in high homers, 27 home runs. He was averaged 302. After the All-Star break, he was, like, top three in almost all categories. And he trailed only Aaron Judge. And more than half of them. His OBP of 358. Um, OPS 850. This is just 76 RBIs. He is a good future here for the Texas Rangers. I think he should be getting paid here soon too. Getting a contract. Can't let go of him. He came off that trade from the Rays. Um, I've always been a big Nathaniel Lowe fan ever since last year. Um I don't know what it was. I guess I don't know what I really don't know what it was. He changed his game a lot this year too. His batting, they really focused on that and try to help his defensive uh, work since he's not really um, the best defender as a first baseman. So that's why I kind of see him as might be future DH for the Rangers. To be honest, if Sam Huff can be the guy that we've been trying to think he's going to be with expectations we give him as the power hitter that he is, as he struggled a little bit this year, but. Hopefully he comes in with a different mindset next year. And with Sam, uh, well, we have a lot of catches. Oh, gosh. Got Sam Huff. I think Jonah Heim has solidified that catching spot, even though they came in. He came in next man up this year as Mitch Garver with the injury. Um, don't get me wrong. Mitch Garver is very good slugger, power hitter, home run hitter. But we knew what was going to happen once we get him. It was going to be... His injury problems. That's what it is. His in, uh, his history has been pretty bad. That's what it was 
that was the key point, key detail that um, the Rangers um, beat writers got from him when they signed him. Like, hey, he's a good catcher. He was a silver slugger. But his injury history is pretty bad. And we'll look at that. We saw that first season with the Rangers. But so for now, we have Garver, Heim, Huff, if he can find himself in that. And um, Kevin Ploiecki, that we just recently uh, signed as the Boston Red Sox, waved him off as I can transition into that for next year. As we know, it's starting pitching. Our whole pitching staff is where we struggled this year. We got this from the get-go from the first game. We were up, at, what, 7-0 against Toronto, a playoff team. And I'm like, dude, who needs pitching? Look at this offense. And we ended up giving eight unanswered runs. And we lost that game. So I was wrong. <laughs> you definitely need pitching. As we can see that and all these playoff teams like the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, you name it. Pitching is where it needs to be. So as we, we've we seen um, with um, Chris Young, he's been talking about it um, lately that he needs... He wants to start pitching. Um, he needs pitching. That's priority, obviously, here for the Rangers. Um, so with my Ploiecki talk, I, I read an article. Forgot who it was. Um, forgot who it was, but they were talking about how Ploiecki is probably, obviously, not going to be in the future, but he's a really good veteran catcher that our young characters can look up to and get some tips from. And also... Um, that the Rangers could be looking at um, Nathan Uvalde from the Red Sox and bringing him in. So he's a free agent. Um, he can We can throw him in there as our third starter. Obviously not going to be our ace as Martin Perez. I'll get to him soon here. How great of a year he had pitching. Um, but Nathan Uvalde could be a pretty good, like a decent, solid addition for the Rangers as a third, um, third-day starter as you would go Perez, Gray, and <clears throat> Evolved and you probably want to look for two more to be honest because I mean uh Glenn Otto had some he had some good starts but he's not consistent enough if he can work on that in the offseason but you're relying too much on that and your young guys aren't looking too well. They look like they're not ready as we saw Cole win or Cole Reagans, excuse me, Cole Reagans struggled a little bit here with the Rangers this year. Um, but that's pretty good. And then we can add to that's, I guess, a speculation that we caught early up. But they said it's either through free agency or or trades. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen there. Um, I would hope that this year could be the one that we can get Clayton Kershaw in. Um, uh, my buddy Caleb Leva as well has said that he thinks if the Dodgers win this World Series, he will retire as a champion. And I don't blame him. So a little bit of me hopes the Dodgers don't win. And bringing Clayton Kershaw. Uh, just get, I know you're not going to get a full season off of him. You're just not. That's not going to happen. But just having that veteran presence in the pitching staff would help, I think. Especially develop Martin Perez. That'd be that'd be super nice. Um, okay, let's talk Martin. Um, for sure, uh, pitcher of the year is Martin Perez, hands down. He was just insane this year. I... Didn't expect this for him. I'm surprised he's still a Ranger. That surprised me a lot by the Texas Rangers that they decided to hold on to him and not trade him away. Um, 
Not going to lie. During the trade deadline, I was on the let's get rid of him. It was almost like um, how I started in my eyes. It was when we traded away Cal Gibson. Because, like, how long can you keep this up? We got some good, when we got some young guys for Cal Gibson, and we got rid of um, Ian Kennedy, our closer at the time. And I'm not sure what Cal Gibson did this year. Um, sorry for sidetracking on here, but let's look at Cal Gibson this year. I mean, he's in playoffs, so that's a good thing, right? Um, 2022, he had a 5.05 ERA, 1.34 whip. Um, he was 10 and 8 record wise. So uh, not the great year. So I think we did a good job. He had a, he was an all star. He had a great year with the Rangers. First half, first half year or first half of the season with the Rangers was amazing. And same with Martin. And I was like, it's a 31 year old Martin. He came in his prime. We've seen him before. He's played with the Rangers. He's gone to bounce around other clubs, but they said this Martin was just from the players. This was a different Martin. It was just a lot more mature Martin. I don't know what it was that what happened through his head that you know, like hey, like I gotta step it up, you know. But it changed, and I I loved it. He pitched 196 innings, 169 strikeouts. We know he's not a strikeout guy. Um, 1.26 WHIP. He had a 2.89 ERA. 12 and 8, but most of the time the Rangers didn't give him run support. But still, this uh, he is just I'm excited to see him next year. I'm glad we were able to stick on to him, but I just thought I've seen this happen before with the Rangers. Um, we gave it away with the pitcher for Kansas City. I don't know I can only Mike Miner. We did the same thing with Mike Miner, traded him away, got some I don't know valuable stuff, but you got young players that you can develop into our farm system. And as you know, we have one of the best farm systems in the MLB. But we don't know how long that's going to take. As we saw, Jack Leiter not have the greatest year. And it's not, it, I think we shouldn't hit the panic button. Obviously, it's one season, first of all. And he started double A. You don't know how many people go straight on to double A as they get drafted. That's really rare and unheard of. But they won, They got the playoffs. They won their championship. And I love that for them. And you got Cole Wynn in there too. So, but you just don't know. You don't want to rush that younger guys. And we also had um, Kumar Rocker start in their Arizona Fall League. That was nice to see. And we'll get to him that soon on a different episode. But I got to talk about his pitching windup. That I don't like it. It looks really nonchalant. There's no windup. He just kind of like big boy just straight on just throws the ball. I, I don't know. But And uh, another honorable mention I think was Matt Moore. Um, he had... um. He had a great year. I'm going to give him the reliever if that counts. Um, I mean, I'm just giving away awards. You can't tell me this doesn't count. This is my show. Who are you talking to? Yeah, you guys are listening. Come on. But yeah, Matt Moore had a great year with the Rangers as well as a reliever. That's another huge guy since we got a, we got rid of Matt Bush. He's had a... He did terrible. Probably part of the reason that the Brewers didn't make the postseason was because of that. And we got a left-handed pitcher... That's I'll look him up later, but if you you guys know what I'm talking about, he is supposed to be really good. He's like six five, I think. He's got some crazy speed on his uh, pitching. If we can just work on his control, that'll be good. And we also got in um, oh, who's the second baseman? Uh, he was lucky raking towards the end. Um, let's see if he pops up for us. 
Mark Mathias. There you go. Mark Mathias. I blanked a little bit. Mark Mathias did pretty good for us. This um, a little bit short of the season that we played him as a DH, and every once in a while he'd be playing. But yeah, Matt Moore as a as a reliever, 74 pitch, uh, 74 innings pitched, 83 strikeouts, 1.18 WHIP, and a 1.95 ERA in 63 games. Got some saves. Um, and I think for the Rangers to be successful in the near future, I mean they already went the right way. They they fired all of their pitching staff from the major leagues to minor leagues, just pff, clean house. Um, they officially said that everyone else is being talked to to be rehired, come back for another year. And also, um, um, why can't I, why am I blinking all these names, man? I'm so sorry. Tony Beasley. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's so many names to think about. We have so many sports to get to in such little time. Uh, Tony Beasley, they're trying to stay internal, hire internally, keep him as the as the guy, as our coach, and I don't mind that. I mean, obviously, if you can bring Juan Washington that everyone wants back, I would love that. But Tony Beasley, I think, might just stay as our coach, and I'm okay with that. I feel like he got to, he's had a good culture with the team. Everyone loves the guy, so why not happen? Why not keep him? So, yeah. So, he might stay as our uh, coach. No problem with that. And um, we're already in the right direction of getting our new pitching staff, getting sorted out from the development, from the farm system all the way up into the major leagues. And I also think that we need to focus on the closer. Um, we had Joe Barlow last year and this season. He blew us a lot of games, a lot of games. Good thing we got, we got to see Jonathan Hernandez. We had We saw some really good things from him. I was excited to see him back out there playing. Jonathan Leclerc is a little eh on to me. But I think we gotta go look for um for sure closer. Probably not next year. As like I don't think we're gonna as much I don't think we're gonna contend yet next year. I think we go get our pitching, figure it out, and then we need for sure need a closing pitcher for next year for the twenty twenty four season. So uh super early prediction, I guess. Just throwing it out there. We'll go and I'd like to see 80 wins, but we'll probably go 75 next year. So, all right, let's transition to FC Dallas. I feel like we need to be talking about FC Dallas some more. I know soccer's not up there here in the States, especially in Texas, but we're trying to get it there. We're trying to get it there. Maybe this year, if FC Dallas could pull something, get us a championship, maybe we can make this a soccer city. Bear in mind, four years from now, we're getting that World Cup. I know it's going to be lit regardless. But I need it to start right now. Right here. SC Dallas, baby. It's decision day this weekend for them. If you guys don't know what decision day is, it's almost like, I was going to say, boxing day for Premier League. But if you don't watch soccer, you don't know that either. But everyone, they'll have two different slates of games. But everyone's playing at the exact same time to avoid, like, seeing other results and saying, okay, um, we lose. If we lose, it's okay. So you got to win no matter what. Because, uh... They can, the FC Dallas right now is placed number three. They can remain that number three seed if they gain points. If they win or lose. I mean, if they win or draw, they can stay in third place. But if they lose, there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, depending on other matches and scenarios and scorings, they could drop down as fifth. And that means they won't get that home spot, that home field advantage, which is very crucial. And depending on who they play, if they can stay up in third, they can avoid playing LAFC, which is a woman you don't want. But yeah, see that is looking good. Um, their last match is this weekend at home against Sporting, so 
that would be a good game, and hopefully they can get those points out and hope they don't choke. We've seen this plenty of times with FC Dallas. But yeah, tune into that this weekend. FC Dallas versus Sporting. Crucial. It's a terrible team. Hopefully they don't undermine them. Yeah. Um. Okay, a little bit of Dallas Stars. Um. Not much of a hockey guy, but I feel like if I'm going to be doing this, I'll start getting more into hockey. I will try this for you guys. But it's a week away. They start on Thursday. Woo! I know last year we made it to playoffs somehow. I don't know how we did it. I think we were a little bit underdogs most of the time. We almost made it to the Stanley Cup, right? Might be totally wrong on this. I'm sorry, guys. But that and our keeper was just on his fucking head the whole time. So I remember watching that at Texas Live. So that was pretty lit. But that's how I'm losing. I was kind of sad. But yeah, go Dallas Stars. I'm going to try to get them more involved in this. As I'm going to, I promise you guys, I'm going to try to make this a weekly thing for you guys. Um, All right. Basketball season is almost upon us, baby. That is my most exciting sport right here because I think that is a team that will not disappoint me. If you go down the list, Texas Rangers disappointed me. FC Dallas, not yet. Or they're not going to. Let's go with that positivity. Dallas Stars, I don't know what to expect from you guys yet. But the Dallas Mavericks have one of if not the best player in the NBA, hands down. I don't care what you can say, but I think Luka is one of the likable, one of the most likable players in this league. And if you tell me that no one wants to play with him because of Luka ball, air quotes, I think you're wrong. This is going to be amazing. Um, we saw some preseason games. As I'm recording this, this is sad, Friday night. So we saw um, OKC today. Luka got his first preseason game in. Sort of JaVale McGee. And on Thursday, he didn't play. But it was pretty good, I think. Um, Mavs won this preseason open in OKC. Um, we saw Junior Hardy drop 21 points. This is going to be a really exciting kid. I think if he, can, if he can average you 8 points a game this year off the bench, 8 points is nice. 7, I like that. If he can get you 10 double digits, that's I love that too. It could be a crucial guy, another ball handler for Luka. Since uh try to replace Jalen Brunson. Blech, don't want to talk about him. But yeah, and then um 16 points and 13 rebounds from Wood, a double double. Um it still baffles me how if you guys don't know, but um Jason Kidd in in, in Media Day, he officially said Christian Wood is gonna be our sixth guy. He's gonna come off the bench. Starting lineup is gonna be Luca, Dinwiddie, Dodo, Luca. Dinwiddie, Toto, JaVale McGee, and um, Reggie Bullock. Sorry, I was trying to, I was counting out numbers, making sure I don't put six people out there. But yeah, but it's a good thing we don't get to freaking see Dwight Powell as my center until maybe like the third team comes in. But yeah, Christian Wood is going to be coming off the bench, but I think it's not something to be worried about. I think starting players are... It's not like soccer. If you're a starter, it's crucial because if you come out, you don't get to come back in. Vice versa. So, it's okay because, I mean, you know damn well Christian Wood is going to be finishing off games for us. He's going to be part of that final rotation, final five on the court. That's all that matters, I think. He'll come in and he'll give you... Um, I mean, we've seen uh, Jason Kidd with McGee before with the Lakers when they won. And that coaching staff, he maybe sees that JaVale McGee starts off better. He can get you those minutes in the beginning. And then obviously you're going to throw in Christian Wood in there, which is beautiful. I love that. Um, so we'll see how that works. I'm really excited for this year. I'm, 
Christian Wood is like, I still can't believe we were able to get that away, man. I'm so glad with that. I mean, he was in Houston the whole time. Terrible culture there. He didn't, he would not show up to practices there. We would not even play half a game because he started this and that. But I think now that he's in a winning environment with his team, we're going to be seeing really good things with this Mavericks team. But I know we are good offensively, but um, I wasn't able to watch those last two games. But I've heard from friendly Twitter users that defending is going to be a really big hole for this for this um this team. It's going to be I think it's going to be a very heavy offensive team. Even though we saw it last year, we saw a really good defensive team with Jason Kidd priori prioritizing defense. It's going to have to take another huge step because I feel like it's just going to be a lot of people getting a lot more lazy now. But we see Finney Smith. And Reggie Moore of defensive guys. But we're going to need more people to work their ass off. I hope Luca steps up his game even more for that defensive spot. Because a lot of people like to say he's not good because of his defensive shape and how he plays defense. But if you're a fucking bucket, you, you're a fucking bucket. So I see it. But he's looked amazing. He cash in, put your money on, put the house on. MVP, everything, okay? He's going to... No more slow starts for this guy. I think he learned last year. That slow starts and him getting called the fat and Luca Don uh, Donut Doncic or whatever how people are calling him, but yeah, I see really good things in Luca coming out this year. Can't wait for that. All right, let's go into Dallas Cowboys. Um, last session here. Let's see if I can finish in eight minutes, make it a thirty-minute show. Um, so I haven't really. We've only talked about week one. That was against the Bucks. That was terrible. Cooper Rush has happened. I'm gonna repeat it again. Cooper Rush has happened within the last three games. Three wins in a row. Four wins as a starter. Four and no as a starter. And I don't even want to get to the point where we have to talk about Dak sucks. Dak is worse than Cooper Rush. Keep Cooper Rush in. Dak can't do what Cooper Rush is doing. Yes, he can. I know he can. A thousand times better. I just think what we need to do for Dak to be successful is not make him do plays he's not comfortable with or make him a player that he's not. I think we're overcomplicating things for him because of how good we think he is. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Dak believer. I'm a Dak writer. But I think not that we have to dumb down the playbook, but let's not make it so complicated for him. Don't make it like Cooper Rush, his, his playbook. You know, his playbook is way different than Dak's playbook. The backup is always going to have a watered-down playbook, offensive plays, than what Dak is going to get. And how we were incorporating the run game is looking good with our own line this year with Tyler, Tyler Smith right there is looking amazing, looking like a great draft pick this year. Um, just be confident in the run game. Be confident, okay? Zeke has looked really good. I know his fancy points or production, his fancy production or his touchdowns aren't looking great. But he's getting you those yards. He is getting you those yards. Let's look at his yards per carry this year. This might not be a good thing either, but let's see. Let's see what ESPN is. He has 227 rushing yards. Um, so this is a 3.8 yards per carry. So that's actually fucking terrible. I'm sorry. Don't look at his yards per carry. I'm stupid. Don't listen to me. Um, but no, it's looking good with Tony Pollard too. I mean. Week in, week out. You don't know how we're going to use Tony Pollard this past week. He only rushed like twice, three times for like eight yards. But we were still able to win. So uh, we got the Rams this weekend at LA. And I saw an interesting fact that 
Uh, Sean McVay is thinking about using silent counts because he thinks that the Cowboys are going to overtake SoFi. That's insane. I love that. I mean, it's Los Angeles. It's California. LA culture. You know, it's a lot of Hispanics there. It's either Chargers or Cowboys or Raiders, you know. So, I think this is going to be cool. This is going to be awesome to see um, how that's going to split up, how many Cowboy fans are actually going to be there. So, I think it's going to be a really good game. The environment's going to be insane. Um, Michael Gallup is being back. That was beautiful to see. CD is questionable with a groin. Um, Schultz was full. Um, one bad thing we did hear about today was Jason Peters has a chest injury. He's doubtful for this weekend. If you don't know who Jason Peters is, he's one of our offensive tackles that would come in every once in a while. I think he's played on like a couple of snaps this year, but he's a veteran. He's like 41 years old. He's massive, massive dude. You do not want to mess with him. Uh, former Eagle, like eight-time Pro Bowl selection. He was pretty decent in the run game for us in the blocking game, but looks like he's going to be out for several weeks with that chest injury. So expect him to miss and just keep that regular line that we got. And also our long snapper, I think, um, is out for the year. Something you probably don't think about a lot. Um, it's like that one item in your house that you probably use every day, but it never fails on you, so you don't think about it or you appreciate it as much until it goes missing and something bad happens. So keep an eye out for special teams this week. I know long snapping seems like it's an easy job, but definitely not an easy job. I think there's no easy job in the NFL or any type of professional sport. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I guess we can go into predictions for this weekend for the Cowboys. Um, do I want to say they're going to win another game in SoFi against the Rams? Well, the Rams looked terrible against the 49ers. They eat them up with that defense. So this Cowboy defense has been insanely good. Insanely good for the Cowboys. Michael Parsons and Marcus Lawrence. Michael Parsons' presence giving to Marcus Lawrence that space and freedom to do whatever he wants to get some sacks, get some pressures. I love it. Um, Trayvon Diggs proving the haters wrong. He has done... Oh, man, it's going to be insane with the setup, that how we're going to have him uh, with Cooper Cup. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be insane. Um, they have us as um, five and a half underdogs. I loved um, Mark McCarthy's... Uh, Mike McCarthy's talk on this, he said, um, we're no one's underdogs, no, we're no one's, um, I love that, um, I think, um, ah, they're at home, I want to be a really, I want to be realistic here, I don't want to be typical Cowboy fan, so we're going to win, right, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not going to tell we're going to win or lose, I'm just going to say, we're covering, give us five and a half, we're covering those points, Okay, we're covering. Just give us the points. We're going to take those points. Win or lose, we're covering. Just put the money on covering. So, yeah. Five and a half, I think, is a lot, a lot, a lot of points. So, yeah. All right, I think that's, I think that's enough time for today. About to hit that 30-minute marker. Um, thank you guys for tuning in if you made it this far. I feel like I talked a lot about the Rangers, but trust me. That was probably my last segment for the Rangers for the year until something big happens. Probably try to talk in playoff baseball at the top. But, yeah. Um, let's recap. Uh, if Texas Rangers over, they stink. Probably will stink for another year, maybe, depending on what they do with the pitching situation. FC Dallas does not stink yet. They're still in 
in playoff contention. We'll see what their seeding is. We'll talk about their next playoff matchup on the next episode of Around the Big D. Dallas Stars also start. We'll let you know about those scores once I get into hockey guru and start getting into some NHL. Dallas Mavericks season starting up. Soon enough, they will be playing against the Suns in the season opener. Can't wait for that to start. Dallas Cowboys. We will see. I will try to get a kid to play uh, my boy CJ, fellow Cowboy fan, um, in a um, podcast after the game or following that week and we talk about the game and see what happened and let you know why the Cowboys covered and why they're an actual threat in the NFL. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.